Welcome to the podcast, Heartbeat of Humanity. I am Ia Susanna Akasha, a technical advisor at the IFRC Reference Center for Psychosocial Support. And with me today is, can I ask you to present yourself, Mel? Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Mel Powell. I am a technical advisor at the Peer Center in Mental Health and Psychosocial Support. And also I work at the Icelandic Red Cross as a mental health and psychosocial support program manager. And today we're going to talk about the um, pledge PFA for all. And that's the reason we're talking to Mel in her capacity as an advisor, a program manager at the Icelandic Red Cross. So Mel, I'd like to ask you why and when did the Icelandic Red Cross sign up for the pledge from the International Conference 19 PFA for all? Okay, so just to step back a bit for our listeners, PFA means psychological first aid. So the Icelandic Red Cross signed up to the pledge psychological first aid or PFA for all um, in December 2019. And one of the reasons why we signed the pledge, well, actually, there's quite a few, but first and foremost, mental health and psychosocial support is really important. And it's important for all people, for staff and volunteers of the movement, for our clients, for everyone, because everybody has mental health and everybody has psychosocial needs. And as we know, the current gap between the needs and the services globally is very large. And this is also true in Iceland. So for the Icelandic Red Cross, we took the perspective that having more people who are skilled and able to correctly support mental health and psychosocial support needs will help reduce the gap in our country. So for us as a national society, we see it's part of our auxiliary role to help fill this gap and meet the needs by being skilled ourselves and skilling others in psychological first aid. Thank you. That seems like really good reasons for joining. Um, and it's part of the auxiliary role, as you say. Um, that's, a, that's a great perspective for our listeners. Yeah. And, and how did you go about it? So what happened after you had signed the pledge? What did you do in the beginning? And, and what led then to the next phase of what you've been doing? So the first stage of signing the pledge was obviously bringing it to the attention of management and to check in with um, what our goals were for psychological first aid and what the pledge said. And one of the things about the pledge that's really um, great is that it's really flexible. So when we looked into the pledge, we could see there are a number of different goals or areas that people can work on in psychological first aid. And it was really easy for us to see some things that align closely with what we wanted to do going forward. So that was really easy for us to commit to the pledge. So after we noticed that, we also noticed that the pledge laid out a really clear framework for the for its goals and measurement, and that these align to the way that we currently measure within our organization. So we looked at those aspects, what it contains, its goals and measurement outcomes, and we said, yes, this aligns with what we want to do. And even more than that, it's going to push us further um, to do even more on PFA. And what I, what I mean by that, by pushing us further, is that because the pledge is very structured, it makes it really easy for us to stay focused. And this is so important because I'm sure it's the same for other national societies as well. There's so many mental health and psychosocial support needs. Sometimes you can feel torn in many directions and the pledge just helps to keep us centered. Like, yes, these are the things we're going to do. These, these are going to be our priorities right now. 
So you're saying that one of the reasons um, that, that made it easy for you that is that the pledge was flexible and secondly, that it was aligned with the goals of the National Society. Um, and that was um, that seems to be a very good starting point to ask you. So what did you concretely do next? So concretely what we did next is we went into the um, the page on the International Conference 33 website that contains the pledge and we, you know, typed in the search engine, you know, PFA for all and found the pledge. And then you have to log in with your electronic ID and electronically sign the pledge. So that was the first step for us going for physically signing the pledge. And maybe I should butt in and say people can still, national societies can still sign up until the end of the month, till the end of December. Yes, that's right. And then after you had signed the pledge? Uh, after we'd signed the pledge, we took a break. It was Christmas time, but we came back refreshed in January of 2020. And we um, took took a look at what we were currently doing. So in 2019, we'd already had ambition and met those ambitions of really ramping up what we were doing in PFA. So we were doing a lot more basic, advanced and train the trainer PFAs around the country. But we had an ambition because in early 2019 and still now, um, PFA is mandatory in some projects, but not all. So we want to have it in man mandatory in all projects for all staff and all volunteers. So our small team of uh, one and a half people on mental health and psychosocial support worked together to put together kind of a, a strategic plan for what we would do to increase PFA to try and make it accessible for all. So some of those things were looking at areas contained within the pledge so for example looking at um, looking at the way we collaborate with government looking at the way um, our current training is structured the accessibility of our training so you know the physical accessibility the language accessibility various aspects and taking a look at the current skill set our staff and volunteers had and where we wanted to go with that so it was a very much a kind of a strategic process of assessing um, the skills we had internally and those that we could contract in and where we wanted to go with our vision for PFA. So after having done the strategic um, groundwork and, and done the, uh, the assessment of, of the needs and where you could then uh, have more PFA implemented in programs and for skills and, and for staff and, and volunteers, COVID came, I assume. So what happened then? Uh, well, we, uh, you know, like everyone, we had to adapt. And actually, it was really beneficial because we wanted to go a little more electronic anyway. And so COVID forced us to go more electronic. So we moved our um, trainings online um, using also the tools that the PS Centre has, which is um, some tools on PFA for all, some training packages, and adapting that to that to our own context. So we started to move training um, online for PFA. Also, what we did is we had decided already pre-COVID to develop um, a short uh, approximately four minute long kind of explainer video using kind of like a cartoon style um, to just explain the basics of PFA because we were finding some people were getting quite overwhelmed and saying you know I'm not a psychologist I shouldn't be doing this and getting a lot of resistance so we tried to find a way to show people what PFA is and to make it more kind of approachable for them to to open themselves to the idea of getting trained in PFA. 
So how was the reception once that you had done the video and, and made it very accessible for for staff and volunteers? Well, the reception we're getting is uh, actually really great. People um, enjoy the video. They are uh, taking it and putting it into their own trainings that they do. People are just watching it. Um, and we're now translating it into the main languages that are used in Iceland, which is um, Icelandic, English and Polish, probably Lithuanian as well are the key languages here. So we're trying to translate it um, into the top languages as well because the pledge is PFA for all. So that means the people within our community as well. Hmm, right. Good point. So, Mel, um, the reception was good and, and you got the understanding across that PFA is really a humane basic skill that we should all learn and we can all use and we all need it uh, to support one another whenever there's um, something happening to us that is in any way distressing or upsetting. So that sounds great. So um, what else have you been doing? Okay, so we're also in the early stages de of developing an online e-learning course on PFA, so going a little bit deeper than the brief explainer video. So we were quite inspired by the Canadian Red Cross, who have a very excellent program, online um, e-learning program on PFA, and we want to make one that fits our own national society context. So taking a lot of the learnings from the Canadian Red Cross and from others and putting our context into it and putting it in our national languages as well. So we've been working on that. And another area that we've been working on, which is probably one of the most significant for our own national society, is looking at restructuring our digital health portals. So those for staff, volunteers and the public. So making it just much more accessible to find this content and to be able to know about these types of things. Mm. And you find that it's being used and it has got a broad audience after you restructured it? Did that help accessibility? We're just in the process of restructuring. So obviously restructuring a website is quite complex. So we're, we're trying to put together a framework for how that would be. And we're doing community consultations as well to make sure that we are getting the right platforms. Obviously, people like to receive messages in different ways. Mm. So that's that's quite interesting to know about. It's not only about uh, conducting trainings. It's also thinking about the entire framework. First, you do the strategic analysis, and then you do um, the the assessment, and then you have to think about how to get it across. So there are many things that you've done. So um, did you measure any impact? Did you measure any outcomes? Are you planning to do it? We are definitely planning to do it. We're not at the stage yet of, of man measuring the, the impact. Obviously, impact takes a long while too. But we have been able to measure how many people have seen these videos and how many people have attended trainings. Um, but actually, one of the great things about the PFA for All pledge and also the uh, policy on mental health and psychosocial support that all national societies signed in December of 2019 is having those strong documents and also some other pledges that we signed pushed our organisation to think more when we redid our um, strategic framework for 2030, which I think most national societies are redoing, to think about the centrality of mental health and psychosocial support. So we've elevated it into our framework for the next 10 years and also elevated it into the monitoring and evaluation framework for the whole agency. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Really great. So you could say that um, the signing a pledge and signing some of the other pledges 
really speed up the process in the Icelandic Red Cross of thinking about the next 10 years, the next decade, and what's going to happen and how you're going to integrate uh, mental health and psychosocial support much more in the in the work that you're doing in support of the auxiliary role of the Icelandic Red Cross. Would that be a right summary? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, we... First of all, we looked at the pledges to decide what is this the strategic direction we want to take. So we're only signing pledges that align with our direction. Um, but once you've signed those pledges, it's a commitment. And so then you have to put them into the next strategic documents that you develop. Yeah, understood. Anything else you'd like to um, inform our listeners about? Um, I think just... A few things to recognize about PFA. It's not something that you can just learn through a one-day course. It takes a lot of skills and knowledge and practice to build the right skills, and it requires ongoing training and supervision. So just signing the pledge and just developing one training package is not enough. You do need to make um, a very uh, a number of steps to get there um, to, to achieve PFA for all in the real sense. And also probably one thing also I'd like to say is that having PFA skills strongly developed within your workforce and throughout the community, including in remote areas, and Iceland has a lot of remote areas, it means that when when disaster does strike, when a problem does come, maybe just a bus accident or an avalanche or everyday problems that happen, then we're ready, we're trained, we're skilled, we're there to support people, we're there to respond to people's emotional needs. So making that investment now can pay dividends going forward into the future. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, and I think that this is a wonderful place to stop and I, I really like to quote you what you said in the beginning um, everybody has mental health needs everybody has psychosocial support needs and um, the, 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 the thing that we usually say is that mental health matters and that's because we all have these needs so I'm really glad you mentioned that And you've been listening to the podcast, The Heartbeat of Humanity, from the Reference Center for Psychosocial Support. We do have a lot of resources at our website, so do visit pscenter.org to find more materials on psychological first aid, materials also in the training materials that, that Mel Powell has referred to in the podcast. And it's a time for us to wish you happy holidays. Thank you very much for being here with us, Mel. Thank you, Aya.